So tonight, we're going to kick open some doors on some thoughts that we don't really want to bring back up. Because I know for me, a couple of my stories are absolutely horrifying. And I've always been, always been infatuated with aliens and the paranormal. But there was something in my life that kicked all this off. And it would be my first story that I'm going to share tonight. And it was when I was probably third, fourth grade, somewhere in that neck of the woods. I was, I remember being in bed and I woke up, can't remember the hour, but I woke up to the sound of fluttering on my window. Now in my head, I picture a bird perched on the window, flies away and its wings flap against the glass, wakes me up kind of like, what the heck's going on? And then I scanned my room and I remember I had a desk up against the wall in the corner. And then there was about a foot, two foot gap in between the desk and my dresser. And in that foot or two foot gap, there were a set of eyes that were looking at me. And I remember that the eyes were pixelated. They were white almond shaped and they had black eyes inside the white. Now it's ironic because at the time of me being that age, you had, you know, your, your Sega and super Nintendo and all that jazz out. Didn't think much about that, but I just remember locking eyes with this thing for what felt like forever. Probably wasn't that long, but it felt like it was all night long. And then I worked up the courage and I pulled the blankets over my head and I started praying. And then once I got done praying, I came up with a game plan and the game plan was, all right, I'm going to lower this sheet and I'm going to look. And if that thing is still there looking at me, I'm beelining for mom and dad's room. And so I count to three and I ripped that the covers off my face and there's nothing there anymore. I never heard any voices, never heard any noises, like anything left the room. It was just gone. So in my eyes, that rules out, you know, I wasn't asleep. Could have been my own over-imagination, sure. You know, I can't really tell you what it would have been if it was alien, demon. I don't know. I have no clue whatsoever. But this one single night, is what kicked off my obsession into the unknown. When you saw it, did you see any of its body outline or was just nope. you could just see the eyes? All I saw was eyes. That's creepy. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's what gets me is it's the one story when I've told it to my family, they all think I'm crazy. They all think I was just dreaming. But you know, I'm I'm 32 years old now and that night still lingers in my mind. I can still picture everything the way it was. Everything. Did the incidents coincide like right after each other? You heard the fluttering and then you immediately saw the eyes? Pretty much because I heard the fluttering and then I started scanning the room. You know, just, just looking because I was awake. It was no real reason as to why I was looking, but I was just awake and started looking around. It's because I told you that owls are not what they seem to be. You're probably right. I'm telling you. I wouldn't doubt it at all. The owls are not our friend. 100%. I believe it. You know, and like I said, I have no Fourth idea. That's, that's probably Movie right. Plug. <laughs> Just roll with it. It's Has your family ever experienced anything out there? Like, I hear your stories, but I never hear of anyone else out there experiencing it besides you and Not at that location. Uh, now I have had stories passed on from different relatives, but they're all at different locations, you know, right on. So but that is, that is kind of weird that nobody else has, at least nobody's talked to me about it. Yeah. Maybe they're, maybe they don't remember. Maybe they're blocking it out. There's a lot of different things that could do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. I I agree. Concur. Yeah, that's bizarre. That would that would be terrifying as a child to 
see something unexplainable and you talk about the pixelated eyes and it makes me think how you said you're, we were into Sega and you were into Super Nintendo. Maybe it's just your brain trying to make sense of what you're seeing. Take something familiar and make the unfamiliar familiar. Right. Or, you know, there's that theory out that I've heard where whatever said entity was there, whether, I mean, I've heard it in cases of the paranormal and out of this world where they will transform into something familiar to you so you're not afraid. But it didn't work. That's the best ploy. Be something familiar and you won't be afraid of it. Right. It didn't work because I was still afraid. You so you were legitimately terrified, like when you oh, saw absolutely. It, it was terror. That's... Absolutely, I, there was no curiosity. There was nothing but fear, because I knew that's awful. Whatever was there was not supposed to be there. That's terrifying. So that's why, for the most part, the alien, extraterrestrial is what catches my attention now because that's what my brain affiliated it with because I, I I can remember being in fifth grade and going to the the library there at school and checking out books on UFOs and Bigfoots and stuff. I did the same thing, you know, same thing, but it's weird because here I am. I've got a couple stories tonight that I think personally involve extraterrestrial but you, on the other hand, have stories of the paranormal. All kinds of good stuff. So with that, I'm going to switch gears and go into a little story that happened a couple years back uh, about a ghost, per se. Me and my buddy were renting a house, and we got all moved in. Our girlfriends lived with us, and weird things started happening, little weird quirks my buddy's girlfriend at the time was in the kitchen doing dishes and a liquor bottle that was on top of the refrigerator just flew off and broke in the floor so that's weird we didn't think too much of it maybe house settling or any of the other excuses people make for weird stuff like that uh, a few nights later we were watching the exorcist of all movies exorcist of all things and uh my buddy's girlfriend's talking we're cutting up about the movie and we turn over and look at her and her nose is just gushing blood could have been a sinus infection could have to do with all the other weird stuff going on in the house who knows a few days after that we all worked pretty much at the same place but we had staggering shifts so everybody was gone to work in the house but me my buddy's girlfriend had lit a candle and set it on our end table in the living room. I'm sitting there in the recliner, kicked back, just watching television, dozing off. All of a sudden, I'm woke up by this candle shattering on the floor. It slid off the table and just broke right there in the middle of the living room. Getting weirder. So we go about our business. We're all out, hanging out one night, and we get back home, and I walk into the house. I'm going to have to break the layout of the house down for you so you understand kind of how it's set together. You walked in the front door and you're in our living room. You go through another doorway. It opens up into our kitchen and to the right, there's a hallway that leads down to the end of the house, which our bedroom split off. Brandon's was on the left. Mine was on the right. They're connected by a closet that we both share. It has a little trap door in it. You can get between both rooms through the closet so as I come in and flip the light on, I see a man walk into Brandon's room, right to the left. Just as soon as my eye catches him, he goes into the room. So I get Brandon, I'm like, there's somebody in this house. We, they're in your bedroom. Let's, we're gonna have to do something. So we both head down the hallway. Brandon splits off into his room. I split off into my room, check it out. Nobody there. We meet in the closet, open the little trap door, Nobody there. Nobody in the house. I distinctly saw the man wearing a white t-shirt and a pair of blue jeans. So, Brandon's on a bowling league. He's bowling with the guy that lived in the house before. So, he brings up all the weird stuff, and he's like, did anything happen to you when you were living there? And he makes the comment, did you see the man in the jeans and the white t-shirt? So, we're like, all right, that's pretty weird. 
Come to find out, as we're doing a little research on the house, a guy had shot himself and killed himself in said house. Do a little more research to tie this all together. The guy that killed himself was a gentleman that was older than me that used to pick on me when I was growing up in elementary school to the point to one time I didn't come home after school got over my mom found me on his front porch and he had a noose around my neck nope about ready to off me so it was just a weird coincidental tie-in I suppose or maybe he was just following me around afterwards yeah I was gonna say if you believe in coincidence so that was my little ghost tale there which is kind of strange did uh did anyone else in the house ever see him I want to think Brandon did the same night that I saw him but I don't know for sure I'm gonna have to ask him but no I don't think anyone else actually saw him like the entities the apparition per se right but I do I totally remember the white shirt there's a white Haynes looking t-shirt and blue jeans and he walked right into Brandon's room enough to where I was like went into fight mode you know right. like someone's oh, yeah. in the house for sure but I don't think anyone else had seen him but I moved out before Brandon and his wife Jen moved out so they lived there quite a while longer and I'm not certain if they had if they've seen any they see, saw anything else before they moved out if they did they should call us and let us know hint hint <clears throat> beef Jen but uh, did anybody experience anything weird? Um, aside from those few things, I don't think so. No. We got. I'm. I'm not sure if it's tied in, but we got some strange mail. Like we kept getting previous occupants' mail. It was all this witchcraft magazines and all this weird stuff. And I don't know if it's directly tied in. We found a bunch of strange stuff outside like there was a route that went under the house and they had all these copper nails driven into it so i'm like maybe that's some kind of weird witchcraft thing but it also could just be trying to kill the root i suppose yeah, I, uh tree trimmers used to do that back in the day that's probably more where it was yeah. going but at the time all yep. the weird stuff was going on we got the witchcraft magazines i'm like this did house you, is cursed did you see who the uh magazines were labeled to yes but i don't remember yeah damn yeah a I was little like, crazy time in my life back then. oh yeah i can imagine <laughs> I can imagine. So that was that was my my personal brush with a ghost, and I'm a I'm a pretty hardened skeptic. I believe in things, but I have to have the proof right there. I'm open to everything. I'm I'm big into the paranormal, but I like proof. I need to see proof, and that was my brush with a uh, a ghost, so to speak. Right. I think that's why people chase after the paranormal. Because I, th- I think it's in our nature to want to find, to want to believe. Yeah, it's it's curiosity, really. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because you think about it, look at all the explorers. How many times were people back in the day told there's no such thing as the West World? Yeah. What fun is it knowing everything? What fun is it living your life knowing everything there is to know about everything? Yeah. The fact the paranormal and the unknown is what, you know, keeps the gears running keeps you right keeps your drive you know and, and for i think for guys like you and me it's fun because at the same time of the possibilities it also allows me to think outside the box oh absolutely and expand the way you think and perceive the objects and life itself absolutely you know keeping so, that what if factor like what if there is a giant primate lurking in the right woods in the northwest or what if there right. is a unknown sea creature living in the marianas trench that we'll never know like that that keeps me driving that keeps me thirsty for knowledge right you know and i think it's awesome whenever you have uh animal biologists and stuff on podcasts that i've listened to who firmly believe that say the uh, tasmanian tiger is still out there he oh, thinks absolutely. that the possibility is almost a guarantee because yep. there's been sightings. And when brought up, he's even acknowledged the possibility of the Bigfoot. He's, he said there's no reason as to why that a super elusive species could not exist out there. 
because there, there are parts there are parts of the world that he described as the Garden of Eden for uh, animal species and plant life because we've never been there to this day still it's more ludicrous to think that we are at the pinnacle of knowing everything that's on the planet as opposed to not knowing you know what I mean? Like how much of the ocean hasn't been explored yet? How much of right. the, the land hasn't been explored yet? <laughs> yeah. To think to think that there's not, and I'm not talking like insects or tiny little lizards, to, to write off the fact that a giant bipedal or a giant uh, marine mammal or shark or anything doesn't exist, can't exist, is is just ludicrous to me. You know, there's, I feel like there's more more of a chance that there is than there isn't. Right, and that's that's only on our planet. Oh, yeah. You know, when you talk about the solar system and the galaxy and the universe, which they say the universe is ever-expanding, it doesn't stop. If there's only one. Right. <laughs> I mean, there you go. You know, and that, like you were saying, that's what keeps the gears rolling. Keeps you, one, exploring and keeps you up at night, you know, thinking about things. And my next story has to deal with the uh, the extraterrestrial, and it can be verified. My wife was also there, and my wife my wife has always it seems like she's had these experiences quite frequently, and she still does. That's that's also what's kind of creepy about it is when this story first started. I remember her uh, a few nights in a row telling me she thinks that there's somebody outside because lights keep coming in through the window. And we have the, the the blinds drawn and everything, but she swears that she could see lights coming through, which is possible still. And uh, the first couple of nights, I just kind of shrugged it off, fell back to sleep. And there was one night, it was late. She, she actually got me to get up because she's like, Kyle, there's somebody outside. I know there is. I can see lights coming in through the window. So I get up, start investigating. I pull the the blinds up. I get to looking outside, you know, within the first, I don't know, 20 feet of the house because there's a there's an outlight or an outside street light that lit up some of the backyard, which was right by my bedroom. And I'm looking around, looking around, can't find nothing. And she notices it before I do. About a thousand yards away from the house, there's a tree line to the north and my window would have been facing west you can kind of see the end of the tree line from my bedroom window and like I said it's at least 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and there's a giant orange ball in the middle of the sky and my wife goes what is that and I mean as crazy as it sounds I literally I remember saying to her it's probably a bonfire. <laughs> so you literally saw a fire in the sky. Yeah. Yep. How and high off the ground was it, you think? Ballpark. I don't know because it was so far away, but the distance in relation to where I was, the object was three quarters the way up of the tree line. Because as we watched it, the object was moving from south to north, at least what it appeared from where I was standing, because the the, the object itself was moving behind the trees. And finally, I just, you know, she argued with me about it, and I just went, you know what? We'll talk <laughs> no. about it in the morning. I'm going to sleep. That was at your mom's house, right? Yeah, my mom's house. Which is, it's it's pretty secluded. It's not completely in the middle of nowhere but it's it's back away yeah it's out there and what's beyond the tree line like you said the the fire was behind the trees is it just more trees back there is there property back there uh most of it was open field i gotcha and it was it didn't like literally look like a fire in the sky i don't want people to be confused it was i mean it looked like the sun you know just or like the moon was lit up orange but there was no moon out that night and then the fact that I could literally see it moving rules out the moon. Was it perfectly circular? Yep, was it perfectly circle. That's weird. Yeah. 
And like I said, I didn't want to talk about it. So I just went back to sleep. So I'm going to poke this wound a little bit. You said Shauna sees lights through the window. Was that just at your parents' house or is this occurring at your house now? It is currently occurring. That's terrible. Yeah. And it just recently fired back up because she, I don't, I didn't see it, but she, she brought it up the other night. She said she saw a red light this time come in through our bedroom window, which is facing the north. And to the north of my home is a giant field. Fields, yeah. So you've got at least a thousand yards of field before the next highway. So is it possible that somebody's brake lights hit Probably the window? Probably not. Probably not. And what else is weird is the fact that she could hear a high-pitched nor- noise associated with this light, and I could not hear it. That's bizarre. Yeah. And she's also claimed that there was one night she told me that it looked like she could see the shadow of legs on the ceiling. No. Yep. And I, I, she cannot see that. Yeah. And it's, it's never happened again to hell with aliens. Yeah. No, they seem to have a little thing for me as long as it's me and not my kid. (laughs) Then I, I, well, I do care because it's still horrifying, but, I guess I'll use that as my segue into my next story, which didn't happen to me personally, but I did feel the aftermath when it was going on because it has to do with my youngest son, Maddox. He went through this phase where he kept saying he saw people looking through his window. Me and his mom are divorced, and they live a little ways away, and it started out there. He said he saw a man looking through the window one night, watching him. Freaked him out. To the point to where they called the police and the police came out and were checking out everything and they, they initially never found anything. Fast forward a little bit. I pick him up. He's coming to stay the weekend with me and he falls asleep on the drive home. We get home about 9 o'clock. It's dark. I'm carrying him carrying him inside. And my house is set up. You got my house, my front yard, a dead end road, and the graveyard. That's my neighbors. Quiet, peaceful neighbors. At least they don't bother you very much. He's asleep over my shoulder, yeah. And I'm carrying him in, and all of a sudden, he loses his mind. Just starts screaming and screaming, we need to get inside, Dad. I see them out in the graveyard. He says, they're green skeletons, they're coming for us. He's like, we need to get inside and lock the door. So, I'm half thinking, he's still asleep. He's dreaming. I pulled him up out of the car, maybe that startled him. He's... He's scared. I'm going to get him inside and calm him down. As soon as I get him inside the house, he's like, lock the door, Dad, lock the door. And I get him in, shut shut the door, and he is hysterical, just can't even catch his breath, and he's crying, and he's screaming. He's like, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. So I, it, it startled me to the point to where I, op- I want to go back outside and look. He was devastated that I wanted to open that door. He would not let me open the door. So I just, I don't know, I don't know what to think of it. You know, I felt helpless that he was so terrified and here me trying to be trying to rationalize it as him just being tired or being in a dream state or something of that nature and it was a few nights later he wakes me up at like three in the morning so I'm half asleep anyway not knowing what's going on worried the house is on fire there's someone in the house trying to rob us or some something like that and he's like don't let them take me dad I'm like, don't let who take you, buddy. Nobody's going to take you. You're here. You know, I'm here. You're safe. And he's like, the green guys. And I'm like, oh, the green guys again. That's weird. And I'm like, they're not going to take you. Where Where would they take you? And he goes, where the bad Power Rangers are. And that's out of my wheelhouse. Being 34 years old, I don't know where the bad Power Rangers live. So I ask him, I'm like, where, where are the bad Power Rangers? And he looks at me and he says, in a spaceship. And my blood runs cold. Well, pump the brakes. Yeah, hold up. Yeah. So I calm him down, and he goes back to bed, and this just keeps playing out in my mind. Like, there is there legitimately something going on here? Is, is you know, if E.T.'s trying to take my kid, he needs to F off. Yeah. Leave my kid alone because you feel so helpless. It's like you're you're trying to protect your children from an enemy that you don't even know if it exists. Right. 
you know is it his imagination is there some meat behind the story what what do you do you just it's terrible being a parent and not knowing how to help your kid yeah that's got to be the worst feeling i mean out of all the stories we have tonight that's probably the worst feeling i think either one of us could have because that was pure terror i've never seen him that afraid and to this day this was probably four years ago to this day he will not go in his bedroom by himself or he will not go to the bathroom by himself without me pulling the shades because he's worried something's going to look in. Right. Something has stuck with this kid for that long. And then the fact that he describes whatever it is as the green skeletons. What does that remind you of? Yeah. Big head, slender limbs. Weird. Yeah. They just need to, you know what? If they they want to come and mess with me, like that's that's cool. I'm a grown man. I can I can deal. Leave my kids alone. Yeah. I don't even know like when he first started freaking out, I'm sure your dad instinct kicked in and you were just like, I'm going outside. Yeah, I wanted to open the door and at least see, just make right. sure there wasn't some somebody in the graveyard messing with him, you know? That's that's my first thought. Someone was out there, Halloween mask or something, right. you know, it's a graveyard. There's teenagers around. They do dumb shit. So I wanted to go back out and he would not. He he was he in him being scared, he was more scared for me opening the door. That's that's even scarier, the fact that he was scared for you. Yeah, like I'm his dad. I'm supposed to be the superhero. I can do. I can take on the world. But whatever was whatever he th- saw or thought he saw in that graveyard, he did not want me going out there. No, whatever he saw, he saw. He's a hundred percent convinced. Yeah, absolutely. He saw what he described to you. It was it was just bizarre, and the when he said a spaceship. My blood ran cold because that's that's too specific to be coincidence. Right, I agree. And then the fact that he uh, gives me goosebumps, described them as the bad Power Rangers. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it literally freaks me out thinking about it because not only has he given you an image to this, but he has also described their personality. Yeah. He knows that they're not they're not there for good reasons. Exactly. That makes my blood run cold. It makes me horrified for the poor kid. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's it's awful not knowing how to help. Right. You know, just tell him that, you know, you're going to be okay and tuck him back into bed. Yeah. What else what else do you do? Yeah, because you can't even validate his claim no it's an it's an it's an enemy that only he's seen right what do you do do with that how do you you, know and how do you fight against that right and as an adult you know it's common for us to try to rationalize these oddities you know i think that's a good thing you know you don't automatically jump in high gear and go down the rabbit hole you know (laughs) But, and with him being so young, it's easy to write it off as his imagination. But on the flip side of that, he's full of youthful honesty. You know, like yeah, what he's he got says, nothing, nothing to lie about. Yeah, it's it was bizarre. Luckily, lately, last probably two years, nothing's really stood out. But like I said, he's still terrified to go in his bedroom without the the shades drawn. Or every time he has to go to the bathroom or take a shower, he comes. He's like, Dad, will you shut the shades? And he knows how to shut the shades. Right. He still calls me in to just yep. double check. You so know? he still has that paranoia. Yeah. You know, Make it sh- kind of reminds me of myself with my first story. You know, the fact that that one thing has stuck with you and it's probably going to stick with him the rest of his life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, just like some of these stories have stuck with us. And that's what I want everybody to understand is that. We're speaking out of honesty and the things that we have gone through. You can sit there and, in my opinion, rationalize all of our stories all you want. But for me and Steve personally, these things happened. In my head, without a doubt, these things happened. Yeah, it's it's real. You know, yeah. it's real to us. It, it 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 that's that's what I can say. Like I, if you could have looked into my son's eyes and saw the fear 
that was had overtaken him you whether there was skeletons in the graveyard or not he believed that there was right and he was absolutely mortified yep and you know the other thing is that you and me are not we're not dumb individuals by any stretch of the imagination you know and i think it's fair to say that for us we we can rationalize fairly well you know i don't i don't think that we automatically jump to it's alien or it's this and in a moment like that i don't think your brain works that way no i n- absolutely not like i was ready to go in the graveyard and fight some douche for exactly scaring my kid exactly you know? you know it's only after the fact that your brain starts putting the puzzle pieces together what hit me was the sp- when he said a spaceship <laughs> and i'm like all right well there's that puzzle that's piece that's weird green skeletons a week ago that's weird yeah leave my kids alone right hey hollow cult the weather's getting nice and you know what that means it's cryptid hunting season and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots. And their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. If this goes out in the airwaves, you're listening to it, leave my kids alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's that's the premise for most of my stories, the scariest ones anyways, because I've... I've dealt with, you know, taking pictures and seeing things in those pictures. You've seen that. That's the only paranormal experience I've ever had is taking that picture and I could clearly see a skull and a shoulder in the picture, tons of orbs. Yeah, that was weird. And, you know, me and Shauna took pictures, you know, 50 yards apart down the road and nothing else showed up in them. So we tried the trial and error. And... You know, but everything else that's ever really happened to me, for the most part, has been what I understand as extraterrestrial. Yeah, you're kind of a magnet for ETs. And it sucks. Yeah. Uh, better you than me. You know. No offense. Nah, none taken. I'd rather mess with them than demons. Well, yeah. What if they're the same? They're not. They could be. Nope. They might be. Nope. I refuse to believe it. Uh, I have a semi-demon story that happened to me, if you believe that route. When I was dating my ex-wife, she, her and her family were big into the Catholic faith. And we went to a Catholic conference. And they had a priest there that would read souls, could cleanse your soul and read souls. So... It was a big what to do with this priest being there and being able to read everyone. So everyone stands in this big long line. There was probably 500 people there. This priest would walk by and he would take this oil on his thumb and he would read your soul and then he would cleanse it by wiping this oil on your forehead. I don't buy into a lot of that. Like I'm not a religious person by any stretch of the means. But when he swiped his thumb on my forehead... 
I felt something. It it was bizarre. It was like the like like someone poured a bucket of cold water on me. Is what it felt like. It wasn't really a relief. Like I felt like all this terrible stuff had been taken off my shoulders, but it was I can't explain it. It was it was bizarre. As the day goes on, he's moving through, moving through the people, moving through the people. This young girl, she's probably 15, goes up there and he gets to her. And as he puts his hand on her head, he whispers something to his little entourage he has there. And they pull her back to the back of the stage they're on. So it goes on, it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. And they get through everybody and people are clearing out. And they bring this girl and her family to the front of the stage. So by this time... My ex-wife's family is about the only ones left there besides this girl's family because my ex-wife's family, big into the Catholic faith, they were sort of famous here and there, so they had a special meeting with this priest after the conference. So he calls his entourage up with this girl, her family's there, and they start, she's laying down on the stage, so to speak, and they start praying over her. And my ex-wife's brother was one of the ones that were up there. They had their hands on her and they're praying and they're praying. And then all of a sudden, everything just takes a turn like crazy. She starts screaming and the scream kind of morphs into this guttural, low, just demonic for lack of a better term. It's what you would think when you say demonic. It was just low and growly and she was screaming and she had people holding her arms down and holding her feet down and she was flailing these people around some of them were grown men like they weren't even there like it was either it was a good show they were putting on or this girl had something in her that was making her incredibly strong and incredibly pissed off and it went on for about 15 minutes and she calmed down and the priest prayed over did a holy water cleansing uh holy oils and she went about her business like like it was it was just another day it was it was bizarre and thinking back on it now that i've studied a little bit into the catholic faith and exorcism and demonology and stuff i'm pretty sure you have to have the okay from the catholic church before you perform an exorcism so I don't know if this was just a partial soul cleansing kind of thing or if this was just a big ploy for the people that were there, which is weird because most of the people had left. If they were going to put on a show, you would think that they would put it on for everyone to right. see. Yeah. And it it was bizarre. But on that note, my ex-wife's older brother was one of the people that were holding her as it was all going on and as I read into exorcisms and stuff they said that if you are not spiritually prepared to be a part of that that demons can so to speak jump souls jump from person to person so my ex-wife's family goes in does their personal cleansing and this priest gets to her brother that was in on the exorcism he looks him in the eye, this is what my ex-wife told me, and said, there are things going inside, going on inside you that I can't deal with. I'm not even going to give you a reading today. You need to leave. So he made him leave the church. Yeah. Said, said I'm, I'm not dealing with you today. Was this, was this right after the exorcism? Yeah. Really? They put off their, pers- their personal family reading. They put it off because of this girl, and after right. that was over, then they went in. They they went into this back room, and I wasn't even allowed in. I had to sit out on the uh, the podium steps and just wait. And when she came back out, she's like, "Man, that was pretty powerful." But when she got to when he got to my brother, he said, "There are things going on inside of you that I don't want to deal with. You need to leave." That's crazy. So I don't know if if what was in that girl jumped into him. If he already had stuff going on, maybe. I don't know. Maybe old dude was just tired and didn't want to deal. <laughs> but that that's what creeps me out about the demons is because they're an unseen force. They can manifest, obviously, but most of the time they're unseen. And like you said, they can latch and leap and basically just wreak havoc over a lot of things. 
You know, the way my brain works is I would rather go up against an alien than the demon. Because at least the alien, to my knowledge, has a physical form that I could possibly combat. There ain't much I'm doing against a demon that I can't see or hit or do anything about except pray. Yeah, and with me not being a spiritual person, ex- accepting the fact that there are demons, you have to accept the fact that the opposite of demons exist. And exactly. That's, that's yeah, they have to go hand in hand, so that's that's hard for me. Right. You know, but like you said, that moment when the priest uh, touched you and you felt that feeling. It was, it it was, it was, it, I felt something. I don't know if it was the environment that I was in. There was all those people there that were strong in the Catholic faith. I don't know if I was buying into all that or that was consuming me. And as he was going through and doing this to all these people, swiping their foreheads with this oil, you know, you could tell people, people were getting something out of it. And I don't know if it was just because I was there that that had something to do with it. Like, like a, like kind of being captivated a little bit, yeah. just kind of took taken in by it all, and yeah, like like the the mentality of the populace just kind of rubbed off on me. Right, like, right. Man, this is this is really going on. These people are believing it. Maybe it's really happening. It was it was it was a powerful day. Oh, I can imagine. And I mean, I believe, I believe that there's something greater than us. And I've had my brush with it a couple times you know back in high school i had uh, i grew up with a a girl her name was sam and it got to be i think it was high school yeah and we were at a track meet i didn't run but i was there and uh she told her mom that she could see a black figure following me around but she didn't say the figure was malevolent by any means. She said she got a good feeling from it and she actually gave a description. And this is what was kind of ironic about it is she gave the description, which matched my dad's dad who just recently passed recently passed now or recently passed then, then, Oh, I got you. I got you. So he had died months prior and then she gave his description and we were kids so I don't believe that she looked into it you know and realized that that was my grandpa and oh absolutely you know it wasn't even you know I wasn't as close to my grandpa as most people are so the fact that she gave his description it was kind of a cool feeling because I didn't ever get that opportunity to be super close with him but it made me feel like he was watching out for me, you know? And that's kind of the the description and she was giving me, which made me feel pretty good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and then there was the time we we both lost a brother. And I remember being all messed up about it. And one day I was coming home from work. And I remember a, a song came on the radio by Thrice. And uh, it was to awaken, avenge the fallen. I think that's what it was called. But anyways, I remember thinking to myself, Ernie, this one's for you, brother. And the moment I said that was I had this feeling rush over me that I've never had in my entire life. I still have never been able to recreate that feeling. And it was like clarity, man, pure clarity, like it was almost like him putting his hand on my shoulder and saying, Kyle, everything is going to be okay. I'm okay. You don't have to be upset anymore. You don't have to be stressed. And I don't know, man. It was one of the strangest days of my life, that feeling, because I could physically feel it run through my body. Peace. That's what it felt like, man. I, I cannot even begin to explain it at all yeah losing him the way we did so unexpected was probably one if not the single most traumatic events of 
my growing up. Absolutely. It it hit me like nothing else did. It made me have to go to the emergency room because I was the week after he passed, I was deathly ill. I remember waking up to my mom and dad at my apartment and my mom made me take my uh, temperature and I took it out of my mouth. The, temp- the thermometer didn't stop. I took it out at 104.4 and mom's like, we're going to the ER now. Grief is a powerful thing. And then lo and behold, I get to the ER and I start feeling better and ended up leaving before I even got seen. Went home. My temperature was fine. Yeah. Mom, my mom was convinced it was all stress. It was all stress induced. Stress and grief. The body handles it weird. Yeah. It's, and everybody's different. It, it affected me for a long time. Yep. And to this day, I still, you know, I, I have a pretty scary job at times. And one of the, one of the three things that I do to get myself through the day some days is I ask him to watch over me and protect me. And I always ask him to watch over my family. It was within the first year we lost him that I thought I'd saw him at St. Clair Square at the mall. Oh, dude, I remember you telling me that. To the point to where I walked up to the guy and almost grabbed his shoulder to turn him around to be like, Ernie, is that you? When in my mind, I know know physically he was gone. I I know that he passed away, and I know that we buried him, but I just seeing the way that person moved and his mannerisms, it it was Ernie. It was Ernie to a T. Even to the to the the shorts the guy had on. Right. Made me think like maybe, just maybe somewhere it was him. It just the mind deals with grief and bizarrely, for lack of a better term. Right. And didn't uh didn't your oldest kid when he saw a picture of Ernie and you wouldn't you ask him where he's at? Or something to that effect, and he would always point to the sky. <laughs> I don't remember. To you be don't remember that. But that was one of the best, the best things about that whole, the whole situation was, right before we lost Ernie, I ran into him at Walmart of all places, where everyone, everybody runs into everyone in our town is Walmart. <laughs> it's no lie. And my son was born not even a year before Ernie passed away. And we all had our lives going on. He was doing his thing. I was doing my thing. You know, I was married, had a kid, doing the dad life. Ran into him, and Ernie got to meet Everett. And that was, uh, that was, you know, at the time, I didn't think anything of it, you know. Right, yeah. But when everything came to its pinnacle, I was it felt good that at least they got to meet once. Yeah, for sure. I, I, wish, I wish my boy would have got to meet him. I mean, he'll, he'll see Ernie's picture. And uh, he'll ask who that is, and I explain it to him and everything. And it's almost like that that little part of him kind of knows who he is a yeah. little bit, you know. But it, it might just me be me adding a few more puzzle pieces than are actually there. But you know, Everett lost a buddy um, the beginning of this school year, right off the bat kid used to ride his bus with them they used to play basketball together and the kid passed away and Everett was having a really hard time dealing with that so I I can imagine I kind of brought in brought up Ernie and how good of buddies we were and that it's it's a hard process and it's okay to be sad and it's okay to miss them but yep you know like like your story unfolds just know that you have got someone looking over you watching out for you yep it's a it's a good feeling. It's powerful too. It can it can get you through a lot when you have somebody like that on your side. Yeah, absolutely. You know. But uh I think the switch it up and kick away the emotion for a little yeah. little bit here. <laughs> we got kind of sidetracked yeah. there. Um I'm gonna go into my last story for the night. And for me, it is one of the stories that can be validated. My wife took part in it. She wasn't actually there. But anyways, this for me, this is probably the scariest story that I have. And I'd be curious to see what anybody listening could come up with. 
as far as an explanation as to what it could have been. So, uh, I remember coming home from work and it was probably nine, nine thirty, And I seen my cat at the end of the driveway. And this was back at my mom's house where everything crazy happened. But I see the cat at the end of the driveway. It was almost like he was waiting for me. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. I pull in the drive, park my car, say, hey, Cheddar, come here, buddy. And I noticed across the way, there was a big black lab. Shout out to Cheddar Bob. Holla. <laughs> that, that cat has definitely had like 46 lives. Yeah. Nine lives is not even real. Saw him the other day, and he's looking pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh. There's this big black lab, and never seen it before. And I walk over to it, and it starts growling at me. And I'm like, well, the hell with this dog. Fuck that dog. Yeah, so I go inside, and, you know, I'm kind of looking out the the kitchen window, like, where where's this dog at? And I see it walk from the garage in front of the kitchen windows and then kind of disappear up underneath the kitchen window where I can't see anymore because the kitchen windows are probably, I don't know, 10 feet off the ground. And I'm like, okay, whatever. This is weird. So I I go to the good old days, hop on the old 56K modem because everybody's sleeping, so it's okay to use the internet. <laughs> Connecting. <laughs> yeah, and uh, of all things, what am I on? MSN Messenger for anybody out there who remembers that. So me and my wife, who was currently my girlfriend at the time. Did you have some sort of emo away message, like some song lyrics or something? Because everybody did. Oh, probably. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. But anyways. Sick. <laughs> so me and her talking. And all of a sudden, I start hearing footsteps on the roof. Hell no. I'm not kidding you. So I'm sitting there typing on the computer telling her I think somebody's trying to break into the house is it like do you hear like tip taps of like dog no it's just like 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 footsteps like somebody is running across the roof nope and my mom is sleeping on the couch so I get up and I I tell Sean I said I'll be right back I go try to wake my mom up hey I think somebody's trying to break into the house she basically calls me crazy and goes back to sleep. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. So I'm like, great. I got to deal with this shit on my own. So I go back. I talk to Shauna for a little bit longer. I go to the front door, open the door, and the dog's sitting there on the front porch looking at me. And it's almost like when I opened that door, he wanted to get in the house because he started charging the glass. Nope. So I shut the door. I'm like, to hell with this. And I go back in the living room and I'm kind of sitting there next to my mom debating on if I should wake her up again. And hell yes. Yeah, no, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. So I hear the feet again on the roof and it just, it freaks me out even more. And then I leave my living room, which goes into the dining room. And then I turn to the right to go down a short hallway and in this short hallway, you have so you have the dining room. There's a door to the left, that's to the garage. Walk a couple more steps. There's a small hallway to the right that is like the utility room. It's got the washer and dryer, a bathroom, and then a door that leads to the backyard. I start hearing something, which in my head sounded like somebody was trying to kick the back door in, or like this damn dog was beating its head like it was charging the back door. It would be like thump, thump. Nope. Thump, thump. Why didn't you say, let's just go to bed? That's what I did. (laughs) Damn it. That's exactly what I did. (laughs) So I go, and I remember laying in bed, and where where my head would be, I was about six inches from a window. And right, I, I could hear it. Right underneath that window, thump, 
thump. Oh my god. Thump. And nope. I remember Nope. Nope. I remember turning my TV up so loud just so I wouldn't hear that noise anymore until so, I fell asleep. Did you just leave Shauna hanging like, hey, there's someone on the roof. I'm going to go check it out. I think so. Never mind going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm pretty sure I told her like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I need to get off here. You know, That I, is bizarre. Dude, I don't to this day have no clue what any of it means. What the hell? You know, and I mean... I think prior to this experience is when I found the metal ball in my chest. Yeah, you need to talk about that. But that, before we get into that, I just want to note that I, when I was, I was big into extraterrestrials when I was young. I did a lot of studying on the Gulf Breeze UFO and abduction flap. And that whole encounter started out with the guy seeing a large black dog. Well, that gives me goosebumps. Everywhere. And that that abduction is it's terrifying. If you read into that, the Gulf Breeze abduction case, it all started out with a big black dog following him home from the grocery store, sitting on his front porch, and just ev- this dog was everywhere. And then the dog ended up turning into aliens. No, nope. for lack of a better term. But anyway, didn't mean to interrupt you. But I just thought no, that's that okay. that coincided with your black dog story, which leads into your other story which is my favorite of the group your favorite yeah (laughs) probably not yours i wouldn't call it my favorite but uh yeah i I don't even know how i noticed it i just remember being getting out of the shower and this was pre chest hat so it was nice and clean and i could actually see what was on my chest but there was a i noticed a black dot in the center of my chest and i had no idea what it was and uh, now keep in mind i at the time, I'm pretty sure I was working in a grocery store or the mall. So there's no way that I was out doing like metal work or woodwork or anything that would cause an object to lodge itself into my chest, especially unknowingly. But said object was probably, I don't know, half the size, like a little normal pencil eraser. It's about the size of a BB. Kinda. I don't, don't want to play it off as like, hey, it's a BB, but... For, yeah, for I mean a little bit. I think a little bit bigger than a BB, maybe right more, on. maybe more on the lines of a pellet. You know? I gotcha. So I tried squeezing it, like you'd like you'd pop a blackhead or something. I'm squeezing, I'm squeezing, I'm squeezing, and it just starts to kind of bleed around it. So I'm like, ah, whatever, I'll do it tomorrow. Could you feel the whole object underneath your skin? Oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's not a blackhead. No, but uh. So I leave it for the next day. It scabs over. I go back in the mirror the next day, squeeze on a little more, and then pick the scab off, and then squeezed and squeezed, and it finally come out. And I'm like, well, that's really weird. And I remember grabbing a pair of tweezers and trying to squeeze it to see if I could mush it or or whatever, and the tweezers bent around it. (laughs) That's wild. And (laughs) for whatever reason... I was like, okay, and threw it right down the drain. Of course you did. No more. Of course you did. Why? I mean, why save the good evidence? Which (laughs) is funny because if you read about people who have found supposed implants, extraterrestrial implants, one of the things that they say when they get them out is they just get rid of them. And the theory is that the aliens, extraterrestrials program people to discard the evidence just throw it away flush it down the toilet send it down the drain so you all can understand why i'm a little bit borderline obsessed with the whole et so it's probably just sitting in the drain trap at your mom's house yep well not my problem better hair than us (laughs) (laughs) love you mom (laughs) should have woke up when i told you someone was on the roof (laughs) no doubt Speaking of moms, I'm going to end my Love you too, Robin. (laughs) Hey, Mom. With a incident that happened to my mother when I was younger. We all lived in the house I live in now. My dad was an over-the-road truck driver, so he was gone all the time. So it was pretty much my mom raising us kids for the most part, except for the weekends. So one night, it's me, my younger sister, my younger brother, and my mom. 
My younger brother at the time was probably four, maybe. We all hang out, eat dinner, do the nightly routine, and go to bed. My mom wakes up in the middle of the night, says there's lights shining through the window. Weird connection. Yeah. Yeah, same thing that Sean has been seeing. Yeah. She said it almost looks like someone has their car parked in the front yard, shining its headlights through the window. So she starts freaking out, like, what in the world is going on? So she gets up to check on us kids. She goes in. I'm in my bed. Good to go. My little sister's in her bed. Good to go. She can't find Dylan, which is my younger brother. He's not in his bedroom. Not in the living room. She hears something from our utility room, which leads into the backyard. She opens the utility room door, and at the back door, there's Dylan opening the door to these lights like he's going to walk out into them and my mom said at that moment when he starts stepping through the door she wakes up like it was all a dream so it spooked her enough that she sat up in the dark and she was gonna go check on us kids she said when she sat up she saw a small figure run from the foot of her bed out her bedroom door this terrified her she got her wits about her. She said, I went to stand up to go check on you kids because that's my first instinct. Check on the kids. Check on the kids. She says, I wake up again like it was a dream inside of a dream. She kind of writes it off as just not being able to sleep, active imagination, nightmare, whatever. She's out hanging laundry on the line the next morning or the next day. Our neighbor, kind of catty corner to us, is out hanging up her laundry too and calls my mom over just to do just small talk you know they do it they do it every time they're out right. there hanging up laundry just small talk so the neighbor asked my mom she's like did you guys have a party late last night my mom's like no why she's like well me me and my husband got in a little tiff and i went and slept in one of the boys room which is adjacent to your house his windows shine right in your house and she's like about two thirty or three o'clock in the morning the brightest lights we're coming from around your house in your backyard. And my mom was just like, what in the hell is going on? And that's, that's that. It's, it's creepy. She still, she don't talk about it very often. It, it I don't blame her, her quite a bit. I bet. So if the lights were real, what else about it? Right. Was real? Exactly. I mean, think about it. You are literally almost acknowledging the fact that a, you saw an alien, which is insane enough, but the fact that your youngest child went outside to him. Which explains a lot. Now, shout out <laughs> Dylan. What's up, Dilmo? <laughs> yeah, it would explain a lot. And the fact that they brought him back. They're like, no, we're not dealing with this. Keep him. <laughs> nah, we love you. It is a horrifying story, though. Yeah, she and she tells it like it's more emotional for her to tell it. She won't even talk about it for the most part, but I've heard it a couple times and it's it's weird. And now tying in I I live in the same house I grew up in now that I'm older, tying in all the things that are happening with Maddox and right. which is my son and the 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 green skeletons and right. the spaceships and maybe it's just a hub. It's kind of like weird. Kind of like my mom's house. Yes, sister cities weird and they both involve our moms also weird that's weird but talk speaking on your mom's house and the the lights and whatnot uh my girlfriend sarah her parents lives and live not too far from your parents house and they're all the time seeing things out that way no kidding yeah they they swear on it i think my family just goes to bed super early so <laughs> the aliens are like, man. Yeah, we ain't even no mess with these guys. <laughs> They're all napping. <laughs> Your mom just writes it off anyway. She's like, I'm going to sleep yeah. on the couch. I'm not yep. climbing on the roof. Yeah, I don't blame her. I try to anymore anyways. <laughs> I don't want to acknowledge that there's an alien inside my house. No. No, I wouldn't either. You know, but the whole purpose of this episode is to get everybody familiar with us. And to let you know that we have our own experiences too. So we have kind of skin in the game, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. We just want to 
just break the ice, so to speak, because this being the pilot episode of our podcast, we wanted to introduce ourselves, kind of show you what it's about. And granted, uh, we're going to pick topics to talk about, but we want you as the listener, if you've had a paranormal experience, we want you to call us and leave us a message. We want you to email us and we can integrate those stories into the show. We want you to have an outlet to explain what you've seen, explain what you've heard or what you feel. If you've had some cryptid encounter, call us, leave us a message, email us, and we'll, we'll tie it into our show. If you've seen a UFO, let us know. If you, if you have a conspiracy theory, there please call us, tell us. We want, we involved in a government cover up. Yeah. Please let us know. Tell us. We want, we just wanted to show you guys that like we have experiences too, and we want to be the outlet for you to get your story out. So don't be afraid to call us in and leave a message or write us an email and we're going to work it into our show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be a good time. Yeah, we're here for you guys. Let's get weird. 